0: The click on this business! Coming down the aisle, Bimbo, Jimbo, Baby Booty! You know that I'm the cream of the crop! Give me a hell yeah! Today, woo,
1: I've got to stop and profile like never before! From our 1077 The Bone Studios in downtown San Francisco, this is In The Click, Bimbo Jimbo, alongside my tag team partner, Baby Huey. Hello, and welcome again, everybody. We're live, pal,
0: hey. and I'm back. I was going to say, welcome back on uh, this state, but first off, I just want to say, hey, nice shoes you got on.
1: Uh, it's radio theater of the mind. I'm actually not wearing any shoes. I'm <laughs> rocking the Carrie Von Eric look little texas tornado Me, in here kevin von eric kevin von eric the one who wore no whatever shoes. which one had no leg <laughs> carrie had yeah that's actually part- i actually had in fact have a prosthetic leg that's what baby huey is referring nice recovery
0: to right so carrie yeah. von eric had part of his foot missing yeah and he uh yeah, it's texas from tornado. yes and but kevin von eric the one that's still alive lives in hawaii whose two sons the von erics are wrestling from mlw but i probably wouldn't wear shoes either if i lived in hawaii no,
1: he was referring to my my Shawn Michaels kicks that I got from Chalkline uh, just in time to head down to San Diego Comic-Con next week, which I'm very excited about, which I guess that's as good a segue as any to talk about uh, our, a little bit of our scheduling coming up here. So we are doing this episode that you are currently listening to as we hurdle towards WWE Extreme Rules and AEW Fight for the Fallen. And we also have a movie review on this episode. We're going to talk about Batista's movie Stuber. Uh, which Huey and I went to a screening of this week.
0: So am I Siskel and you're Ebert or Ebert? Can I be Ebert or Siskel? We're none of that.
1: We're, yeah, we we're are. Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> if we're if we're going to be any any peanut gallery, that's that's who I would choose <laughs> to be exactly. But uh, coming up, since I will be in America's finest city, San Diego, uh, for a week for Comic-Con, which I do every year, uh, we are going to change up our release schedule for the following episode. So we are going to record a reaction episode to fight for the fallen and extreme rules. Mm -hmm. Get that out to you early uh, next week for you. And then that will hopefully uh, tide you bastards over until I return from San Diego.
0: I always say, if you're like maybe waiting for our next episode, feel free to catch up on all of our past episodes. Cause I mean, I know like, except for me and my brother and maybe Philip from the bullet cast and our buddy, Alonzo, I'm sure all of you have not listened to every single episode in the click. Which, by the way, Jimbo, have you realized we're almost at a full year since we started this bad I, boy?
1: I, I was thinking about that. You know, starting it under this name. I mean, we've been doing wrestling okay, content yeah. uh, going back for a long time like now, four and a half years. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's 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 good if you ha- if you haven't uh, if you have caught up on all the in the clicks officially in the archives. We have a litany of other interviews we did that when we were under a different banner that you can also catch up on. That was going to be our other option was perhaps releasing a best of show for in case you missed it because we really have done a lot of killer interviews that we're both very proud of
0: i'm just thinking maybe we should re-release as a throwback like our interview with bray wyatt before he fought the undertaker at wrestlemania I mean, we, we 31 have, we have a
1: whole a whole host of them that we, that, that we can that we can yeah exactly that's probably my favorite one of all time and it explains a lot of uh, of, of who we are now on on this show but i just wanted to get that little uh, housekeeping out of the way uh, where can they where can they catch us, though, if they want to, you know, you and I were just thinking the same thing <laughs> right now. I
0: was just going to say they should follow us. Also, in the meantime, on uh, uh, in the click on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram It's very simple. Look up in the click, which is spelled K.L.I.Q., which I think some people
1: the ta- traditional spelling.
0: Yeah. Talking to some of the coworkers, <laughs> our workers here, they don't know it. I had explained explain to them how the proper uh, spelling of it, which, by the way, I'm also wearing my Austin 316 shirt. I had to sh- explain to some people today. They it's thought, not
1: actually a book in the Bible? I swear
0: to God. Are no, you serious? I, I swear to uh. God. This morning in the kitchen, in the break room here, someone says, oh, what's Austin 316? And I said, oh, it's a wrestling thing. Stone Cold Steve Austin's like first big saying. Like, oh, yeah, I don't remember that from the Bible. <laughs> and I had explained. And then some other people here. Good reason for that. <laughs> but then some other people here, I actually bust out my phone and went to the WWE's YouTube page and showed them that classic clip from 24 years ago now. Oh, sorry, 23 years ago. So, yeah, I had to show to, – was. So I've been giving stone-cold history lessons to everyone here today. God,
1: Austin, uh, one of the, the lost disciples, Steve Austin. Uh, all right, but let's get into the clickbait for this week. Enough dilly-dallying. Uh, we welcome another hot, hot free agent into the wrestling marketplace, and that is our good friend John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, Johnny Gimmick Dame, Johnny return to WWE. Johnny go to AEW. Johnny Huey, where do you think he's gonna go?
0: I was gonna say, could he be called Johnny Elite?
1: <laughs> he could absolutely be Johnny Elite. Okay, but
0: if he goes back to WWE, would it just? Maybe it would John be John Morrison, Morrison again. Yeah, yeah. they would call him Johnny like NXT or Johnny I, I Raw. Mean,
1: they, I mean, they could give him another name, and I think I, originally that was the idea: is he was gonna have a different name like every other week or something like that. Uh, hence the Johnny gimmick name sort of thing that uh, he bandies about now in the independent circuit, Johnny Survivor, of course. Uh, I actually think, you know, I know a lot of people, whenever they see a wrestler that's becoming a free agent nowadays, they they put up the, the Cody Rhodes, you know, hand-to-ear gif and everything like that. I actually think that it would make a lot of sense for WWE to bring back John Uh, I I think he has a lot of supporters still in WWE. It was always something of a head-scratcher to me why he wasn't already brought back sooner Mm -hmm. uh, than than to this point. Uh, So I I would not be surprised if he doesn't choose AEW and goes back to WWE. And I think he would be in line for a pretty big push. You know, I, I think... Um, You know, given the success of AJ Styles and and other guys like that, he's got a, a good amount of size on him in terms of people that has the move set that he can do. Yeah, uh, he, he went out, he plied his trade on the independents. I think he proved a lot of sort of if he had any detractors in WWE, it was that, you know, they couldn't get the personality out of him on the mic, which is weird to think of it now uh-huh. because, you know, you and I in our interactions with him and seeing what he's done post-WWE, the guy has personality for days, you know, and I think he finally like that came out in the in the dirt sheet stuff with you know him and Miz and everything like mm-hmm. that. But it really really shined starting in Lucha Underground and everything like that. So uh, I think if he if he goes back to WWE now, his complete package uh, would be in line for a big push.
0: Yeah, well, you think about a couple of things. One, I was kind of surprised it was only I look like a two year deal with Impact because he just joined them what, in twenty seventeen. So the fact that he's done already. So, yeah, I guess probably, for smart for him to keep it a short deal to see what his options are is moving forward. But uh, as we saw when he got married, was it last year, Taya that there was a lot of WWE guys at his wedding. Yeah. So it shows he still has a lot of friends there. So, I, I mean, it, the quick, easy decision, it would make sense to go to WWE. He has a lot of friends there. So it would be like going back to work with all your buddies. And I think at this point, he's definitely proven himself outside that he's a very fun Fun, uh, I would say, brand wrestler himself. And I just would think a lot of the fun things that he could do in WWE, especially a lot of the his athleticism, we kind of see Kofi do a lot of that, like at the Royal Rumble over the years. I could see John do a lot of that stuff, bring it to the table, kind of freshen things up, switch it up, and be a lot of interesting matches. And just a new, especially with him as a veteran, I think a lot of the veterans that come back to WWE – I think they're always good to help uh, get over the younger talent as well. So I look at that as, as a positive. I think for him at this point in his career, I don't know what else he wants to accomplish. But I think for him, he could really have some great matches with a lot of the newer guys that we've seen from NXT.
1: He's always a guy, just like Cody, uh, that if he never wins a WWE championship, uh, to me, that'll feel like a missed opportunity on WWE's part. Not you know, And he's gone and won championships everywhere he's gone and everything mm-hmm. like that. But he to me is a main event player. I think he comes back to WWE. You have a ready made feud with the Miz. You know, you rehash the Miz and Morrison thing. Who's the Jannetty? Who's the Shawn Michaels kind of deal like they did (laughs) back in the day? Uh, And I I, I think he would deliver some classic stuff. He is the truth in the ring. I I think you know when he left WWE, it was something of a surprise to me. Mm -hmm. And again, always a head scratcher why they never like made a big play to bring him back. I think now you see with the signing. The re-signing of Gallows and Anderson, everything like that. Yeah. Even though WWE is not sweating AEW in terms of you know like bankruptcy and stuff like that, there definitely is going to be now sort of a a talent war in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of who's going to uh, sign what free agents, and I think John's a guy that WWE is going to make a strong push for, and he would do great in AEW. Don't misunderstand me; he would mm-hmm. be great there, but just gut reaction or gut feeling, I feel like he's going to head back to WWE could be way off base with it. I would love for him and Taya to head to WWE because mm-hmm. she's such a talented wrestler as well. Uh, and, you know, it, we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: Well, the other thing, too, is you got to kind of look at it for, uh, for John himself, what he's accomplished in the last couple of years is not only his success on Lucha Underground and, and Impact and Survivor and all that stuff, but one, I mean, the vignettes that you showed me of him in Lucha Underground, I think it'd be very fun if they can kind of, Redo that in some capacity with WWE, and especially with their huge online presence. Some like vignettes or workout type segments or stuff like that. I think it could be a really fun, yeah. Um, new feature that they can introduce for WWE and their audience. But also keep in mind, like in the last couple of years. I mean, you and I are just talking off the. Air. I can't believe it's been two years this month since we had him do uh, his San Francisco premiere of his movie Boone the Bounty Hunter up in our our lounge, and that was one of the. Most fun events, we, you and I got to host. And so with that being said, I know he really wants to do more maybe movie stuff and acting stuff. And you look at WWE, they do have their movie studio. That's right? Miz does a lot of movies for them, and they get other guys kind of involved in that. So for, uh, for John, maybe for him, it's like maybe he'll say, like, hey, I'll come back to you guys. Can you give me some more movie opportunities as well?
1: Well, and here's the thing. Uh, sort of to that point and to the other points in, his, in terms of his personality and his creativity, he's a guy that's already been on the inside, so to speak, mm-hmm. and maybe felt you know he like he wasn't able to show his personality and wasn't getting those opportunities. So maybe it would work the other way that he's like, you know, I've already been there, and I felt creatively stifled. I wasn't able to showcase my real personality. I left WWE, and I made my own movie. Uh, I got to do all these awesome premieres. I've been in other, you know, projects. I was on Survivor, and mm-hmm. I did all that outside of WWE. Yeah. So maybe he's going to look at that and be like, you know, that I don't want to go back to being put in this box and not really being allowed to shine. So mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think that's something he's going to have to weigh as well. It just depends on how he personally felt about, you know, his time in WWE and everything like that. And, you know, one of the things when I first talked to him back in the day when he was with Lucha Underground was that how – how happy he was to be with Lucha because they let him explore those opportunities sort of on yeah. his own. And so I don't know. And he is and he is pals with with people running AEW as well. He was super excited coming off of All In and everything, just how it changed the wrestling industry. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, it is kind of a coin flip. My gut reaction was that he would go to WWE because I think they're going to make a strong push for him. But
0: Yeah, I, I just think WWE has more resources in the entertainment world that is more appealing to him and what he wants to accomplish. At this point in his life, I know he's what, in his late 30s, so I'm sure for him not only does he want to maybe go out on a high as far as wrestling goes, but I'm sure he wants to set up the next 10, 15 years of life after wrestling. I will offer this
1: again. Playing devil's advocate, you have Cody Rhodes, who has his own connections into Hollywood now via Stephen Amell and the CW mm. and has parlayed that himself. And okay. I, I could definitely see Cody hooking, hooking John up into into those avenues well. I mean, the guy looks like a superhero so, you know, he definitely
0: could could show up on the CW at gonna, some point. Dude, yeah, the CW. I mean, the CW has so many shows right now. I think they're up to, like, five every week. I mean, I've lost track and tuned out some of them just I can't keep track of them all. But, yeah, I mean, Edge has appeared on The Flash before. So, there's been guys who crossed over there, too, as well. So, yeah. I mean, for John, I mean, it must be exciting for him just to have these options. And he's kind of a, a hot commodity right now. Yeah,
1: and – you know, I'm I'm happy for him no matter no matter what he decides, you know, whether he goes back to WWE or goes to AEW. I think it'll be great for us the fans and it'll be great for him whatever whatever he chooses to do. I'd be excited by either option. I'd love to see him show up at AEW. I'd love to see him show up uh in WWE. Uh wh- whichever way it shakes out, he is such a Tremendous wrestling talent mm-hmm. And it's just gonna be It's gonna be all good I Like for me I think for me As a fan of his I have that sort of Nagging like Go back Win the win the big title You know Kind of deal Because like you Damn it Like they should've Put it on you When you were there before They yeah. should've pushed you When you were there before Kind of deal And you left You showed them What a talent you were mm-hmm. I mean God yeah. if, if you didn't watch His stuff in Lucha Underground Do yourself a favor Watch that Some of the best matches uh, Some of the best Just Phenomenal vignettes and promo work And everything like that He played such a great uh, 80's movie Douche heel villain it's Just so awesome He did some really really innovative stuff there uh, So yeah all the best to uh, To John and his next Decision uh, We got uh, old uh, Uncle Eric Eric Bischoff uh, Starting his New job this week like the first Day of school he, he <laughs> tweeted Out his geolocation uh, being in Stamford, Connecticut, and he said, and the journey begins, and that's it. So Eric Bischoff in Stamford, Connecticut, starting his role as executive director uh, with WWE for SmackDown. Uh, I, I, I'm very excited for this. I know we talked about it a couple episodes ago. I, I think Eric Bischoff is criminally underrated by the current fan base in terms of you know his legacy and the positive things that he brought to the wrestling industry yeah. and the positive impact he left. You know, People like to hang on him like, oh, you killed WCW and all this stuff. And did he make mistakes? Sure. But he went toe-to-toe, balls to the wall with Vince McMahon, and nearly lived to tell the tale. So that says a lot to me. He has gigantic grapefruits. He's an innovative mind. I'm excited to see what he's going to do now teaming with Vince McMahon in this way.
0: Yeah, it's just uh, this last couple weeks has been pretty surreal just with – all the different uh um like pages that we follow online and stuff it just was it last week was the God, trying to get, 23rd anniversary of the formation of the nwo which but he was kind of the brainchild behind that be uh behind the scenes and so seeing that and then there's like i think the following year it was hogan versus goldberg i, I mean so it's like hogan's been posting a lot of stuff lately on his instagram so it's just there's been a lot of anniversaries of these big iconic moments in the 90s. So it, for you and I who lived through that, we know how special it is. But for a lot of the younger people, I, I would assume it, I would I'm guessing what people under the age of 25 who maybe either were really young and weren't watching week to week like we were or weren't old enough to process everything. Or for them, they grew up in maybe the more ruthless aggression slash PG era, uh, era after that. They don't really know, and I mean, for a lot of the younger kids, they just know Bischoff maybe from his time in TNA. They don't know a lot of the uh, refreshing stuff he did for the business in the
1: '90s. Yeah, I, well, and I think even if they know him from beyond TNA, they know him from the lens of the rise and fall of WCW DVD or the or the Monday Night Wars on yeah. the on the network thing. And you know, I think that I think the latter on the network sort of painted maybe a more balanced picture. But there there is always that like they had this just pounding narrative for years following the closure of WCW that Eric Bischoff, you know, killed WCW kind of deal. And really I mean, really, he, really he really and- he really he was like a like a coin flip away from parachuting back in there with Jason Hervey and maybe saving WCW and turning it into something else. So Oh
0: yeah, wasn't there like a uh, like
1: the- He was with a consortium that was going to try and buy uh, WCW from Turner and keep it going. Last and, minute, and WWE ended up getting it.
0: Yeah, last minute they pulled out and WWE had the bid, won the bid for so, it. Right? yeah.
1: So, you know, like, did he make mistakes? Yes, but he was leveraged uh, up against the 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 entity, the alpha and the omega, Vincent Kennedy McMahon of professional wrestling. And God, he kicked his ass for a little while, and like Vince won in the end. But man, I thought Eric acquitted himself very well, and he and he again the innovations that he brought. I'm excited to see how they will pair together creatively because when Eric was with WWE before, strictly as an on-air role, he didn't yeah. have any actual creative power. Maybe he kicked ideas around. Maybe he didn't. But uh, everything that I have heard and been led to believe is that he was strictly an on-air talent. So for him to bring his creative stuff to the WWE machine that has all these resources, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what sort of distinct things Raw and SmackDown will become because right now— They are in desperate need of – the brand split has never been deader. We'll we'll get into that. But, like, what the hell?
0: Well, so it would be interesting. So Extreme Rules, theoretically, could be the last pay-per-view under the old regime or old mindset. But, like, next Monday on, like we said before, it's probably going to take a few weeks for maybe to really get their momentum going for Heyman and Bischoff. But it would be kind of interesting starting this Monday – moving forward just to kind of see how things are going to be presented uh, from here on out. So really, like, uh, <laughs> depending on how you feel about Extreme Rules, how how hyped you are for it or not, maybe kind of enjoy it for what it is because it could be some big changes moving forward. So if, if you are a fan of this current state of WWE, enjoy it while you can because things are probably going to change for the hopefully for the better in the near future.
1: Yeah, I mean, we will see how much of the current storylines continues to shake out. I, I'm worried about my guy. The best in the world, Shane McMahon, get can, can his push continuing. If, if you know if things sort of really change around. I time. read
0: online supposedly Bischoff hates the idea of Shane, what he's doing right now, and that he might potentially. The rumor was he might win the title off Kofi. Apparently he hates it. So yeah, Shane could be the good uh uh, uh Barometer? yeah of. What things how much Bischoff maybe quickly Dude, jumps in there.
1: I'm loving Shane, by the way. As a heel and getting and just getting good heat, he's doing it, man. Like, you know, the fans love to boo him and everything like that. He he's making the most of what was a nonsensical situation when they had Crown Jewel or whichever one was the World Crown Cup. Jewel, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Crown Fool, whatever. Uh and so he's making the best out of that situation. Uh and we'll see how that shakes out. Uh shout out to the Espies. Uh, Roman mm. Reigns won the ESPY for Best WWE Moment. I, yeah. I don't think that was very surprising considering the guy returned from a life-threatening disease. Uh, and that's that's super awesome yeah. that WWE even has an award at the ESPYs, just showing their crossover appeal
0: uh, more and more. I thought it was cool was it Seth and Becky were there. They actually announced the winner. Roman was standing right next to him, and they actually gave the award right to him. So as far as you know, just camaraderie, two-thirds of the shield, Working together, I'm sure WWE wish all three members of the Shield were on site. But well, now they have Becky to be, be the third member of the Shield.
1: God, wouldn't that be insane?
0: She comes out in like the best. Be look for her. the that black would, be jacket funny. would be Dope on Becky. She comes out with the full all black outfit. More and boots. man than
1: Seth at this point. If you're watching WWE programming. But nothing wrong with that. Becky Lynch is a total badass. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, Seth's holding her
0: back, and I love
1: Seth Rollins.
0: Are you going to get his new shirt, no. The Man's Man?
1: No, and I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> it is so terrible what WWE is doing to Seth and Becky Lynch. They're They're doing the relationship angle to absolute death. And, you know, the man's man was a cute line when Renee Young said it, but the fact that they're making it a shirt, God, I feel bad for them because I feel like it's going to ruin their relationship, like, in real life. I had a talk with – when I got back from Las Vegas, yeah. uh, a guy at the airport saw whatever wrestling shirt I was wearing, and, like, we started talking wrestling, and he had the same concerns. He brought up the shirt. He's like, you see they're selling that man's man shirt? And I was oh, like, no. Yeah. And I had to look at him on my phone. I was like, my God. Like, they are beating a horse to death Before it even got out of the starting block.
0: Well, I'm just worried. Like, imagine them at home or wherever. I think they're living together now. I I thought I read that somewhere, but anyway, regardless. But you know, on their personal time. They're hanging out together, and they both open Twitter or Instagram, whatever. And they, I don't know if they do it. They probably they publicly they'll say they don't read the comments, but I'm sure they do. Well, they respond
1: to them. Well, yeah. I
0: mean, with Seth on Twitter and stuff. Becky too. Yeah, but imagine them reading that and. Hopefully they read them to each other and they laugh or help each other out with responding or hopefully it's not, it doesn't turn into like a negative like, impact on them. I,
1: I don't think the comments are what's going to drive them apart. I, th- I think it's the fact that they're being shoehorned to storylines now. Like, you know, it's it's great to have like I mean, they're being forced to work even more together. They're not going to have a breath apart now, you know. Mm. And it's just like it's more that that kind of thing. They're still sort of early on in their relationship. I feel bad for them because it's it's not. I don't think it's connecting to the degree on TV that they that they wish, and it's no fault of theirs. It's just it's just not organic. Uh, <laughs> it,
0: yeah, and uh, <laughs> you see the beatbox remix they did on Instagram. No, I didn't. You gotta I check it out. <laughs> I, I didn't see that,
1: but I, I just I feel I feel bad for them in that regard. I am not interested in this man's man's shirt. Uh, I just – I hope I hope they let them go their separate ways after Extreme Rules because it's put both of them stuck in neutral. And, yeah. And, and, like, it'd be one thing if you could even have them have this match, you know, and it'd, mm. ma- it'd be a storyline that made sense without beating us over the head that they're dating. It, like, you could even just not have that be part of the TV storyline. Again, when you had Seth do the stretcher job – and you had Becky Lynch by the ambulance. They didn't reference it on TV that they were dating, and that's to like all the people, all of us smart fans that are in yeah. the know. Like Ooh, it's just a she wink was to by us. the ambulance. Like maybe maybe this really was serious or something yeah. like that. Even though we even though we know it's not. But uh, what well, it wasn't serious. But Kofi still alive. It, it's just like God. They're just killing it, man. And I feel bad because like rewind to WrestleMania. God, Becky Lynch was the hottest damn thing in professional wrestling, and it was so cool. And, and then, now it's like, what are they doing with her?
0: Well, even Seth, I, I know Seth
1: we, was riding high. I know, you know we were Matt critical. Sucked. I know, <laughs> I know the match sucked,
0: but his presentation coming to the ring and yeah, after winning, heading
1: into WrestleMania, he was he the was on beast the high. Slayer. Yeah, yeah. And so, now, and now they're just—I don't know what they're doing. With they're it. just love. They're two two uh, young
0: adults in love.
1: And, and you know what else is not helping sell it is is Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Like, the, the queued up backstage, like, you're on, slight delay, Baron Corbin. <laughs> we showed them. It's like Lacey Evans with the clearly, like, very stilted written line about, like, you know, like, whatever love hurts or kind of deal. Or that, like, love is going to make them weak. And then, like, Baron Corbin with the love stinks. Like, it's well, just like,
0: ugh. Well, even then, they're like, we can be partners but not in love. Like, between Baron and Lacey, they're like, we can have – Uh, We can be partners, but we don't have to be in a relationship. Like, they're, like, trying to fully, like, crap on what Seth and Becky really have in their personal lives and what's being presented to it. So, it's just – it's too much relationship stuff.
1: I think it's hurting Seth more than any of them because it's like when you have Seth, like, holding Becky back from attacking, like, Lacey Evans and stuff like that. Who wants to cheer for that? Yeah. Wait, no – who – what – no, we want her to go kick her ass. Like, you're a heel right now, dude. Like, let her go kick her ass.
0: That's pretty cool. On Raw, though, them working together as far as, uh, uh, uh what was it? Uh, Selena try to jump on Seth, and he caught her, and then she, uh her stomach was exposed and Becky came and drop kicked her. That was pretty cool a little a
1: little uh, teamwork a, right there. But what a pointless match though because once Becky uh, submitted Zelina, like then she just had nothing to do with that. The, like what that a was ter- odd. what a yeah. terrible layout. And we had to uh, we're going to get into more okay. raw, but we had another 2 out of 3 falls match this week. I, I get the explanation, but it's stupid. Okay. Uh, but the reason why I brought up the ESPYS is because Daniel Cormier and Triple H uh, were talking on the red carpet, and Brock Lesnar came up and the potential of him having a match, you know, and how Daniel Cormier said, "Yeah, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to face him, but you know, these guys stole him away." It was oh. Like maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I could face him in WWE uh, once again, alluding to the heavily rumored uh, thinking that Daniel Cormier, when he's done with UFC, will in fact join WWE. What, what do you think about that?
0: I know he's a huge fan because you and I, we've been uh, lucky enough when we gone to WWE events here in the Bay Area, and he also lives out here. Uh, he sat right in front of us uh, many times, and so it just shows in his personal time he very much loves WWE and supporting it and coming to any of the shows that he's able to. But he gets into it, his kids get into it, so I, I'm sure for him, he probably sees like past athletes from UFC or mix or MMA. Go into WWE. So for him, it's like, okay, he can maybe only do so much like age-wise in UFC before it's like, all right, you know, I got to retire. I'm getting too old for this. But in WWE, he can maybe jump into that as a new career path for a few, maybe, I don't know how long he would do it for. But for a time being to kind of, you know, make some extra income for a while. So I think for him as a side thing, side project, or whatever you want to call it, and his next gig, it makes sense. I and mean, I'm sure as a fan, I'm sure he, he would love to for his kids like hey dad's going to be a WWE superstar now.
1: My concern for him is his personality. You know, like he, he I'm not saying he's not a bad talker, but in a world full, full like the UFC world which has all these like over the top personalities like a Conor McGregor mm-hmm. and stuff like that and John Bones Jones and everything. Uh he doesn't really stand out in that regard, which you know, if you if you put him in the WWE setting, like you need to stand out with your personality. Okay, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I'm just not. I don't. I don't doubt that he could probably take to the the physicality of WWE and like learn how to bump and work and everything like that. I I just I I don't know how he would be in terms of a character and a gimmick and everything like that. Is he just going to be a former UFC guy? I don't know, but that that he is a big fan.
0: Which I mean the whole Fox deal approaching or the start of it, I'm sure Fox would love that. It's just another name from UFC. Daniel Cormier is a very recogn- recognizable name for what they've been a part of with UFC over the years. Yeah, no doubt about it.
1: Uh, let's get into Raw and SmackDown this week, the go-home shows, before we break down the Extreme Rules card. Some quick takeaways uh, from Raw. Again, I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the elimination intergender match just because, like, once Becky disarmed Zelina... She had nothing to do on the on the outside until Lacey Evans showed up. It just sort of seemed a weird, uh, sort of weirdly laid out, you know, concept. Yeah, in, in my in my opinion. But what what were some of your things that you you take away from this week? Um,
0: me? a couple things. I mean, I just kind of feel kind of bad for the women's division overall. I think they're really just focusing on Bailey, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, and that's being presented on both shows. So I think there's a lot of the female wrestlers who are just sitting backstage and not doing anything. I think on SmackDown some of them got some T V time, but maybe not necessarily matches. I mean we saw some Ember Moon, we saw a little bit of the iconics who have not defended those titles on TV in such a long time, but they got the, a little segment backstage with the Kabuki Warriors. So but I just uh no uh it was a beat the clock challenge on Raw.
1: So, which I'm not a fan of that concept.
0: Yeah, it just it's
1: weird. We have talked haven't. about it before on this show. It's that uh you know you are you're taking because you're not using enhancement talent technically you mm-hmm. know you, I mean you can argue that point in terms yeah. of who they're using mm-hmm. but you have two established characters that you're putting in a match essentially saying well th- these people are going to lose it's just a matter of how quickly they're going to lose yeah. so it buries them and I don't think it's a very compelling concept uh, anyway. I mean there's been a couple times in the past where they've done it well, but I, I did not like it here um I, I agree with you and we we sort of talked about this at the start of the show it's that you you talk about Bailey and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross dominating both Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Bailey's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, why can't this like everything that they accomplished uh, this week they could have easily just accomplished on SmackDown. Exactly. In, in one segment and one match. Uh, I I they,
0: Well, I was going to say with Becky, she's the Raw Women's Champion, but she's so caught up with Seth and go up against Lacey and Baron Corbin like the title itself is not Gaining attention, even though it's winner take all this weekend, which is still a funny concept because like Lacey could pin Seth and Baron Corbin becomes champion just based on the current rules that are established. But yeah, I I just feel like the Raw Women's Title is not gaining much attention right now. It's getting caught up in this love relationship, yeah. and but yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of, of female superstars who are not gaining a lot of TV time. And,
1: and to that end, once again, the disappearing Universal Championship. It's just. Mm-hmm. They need to s or get off the pot in terms of the brand split here because it is so diluted and just it doesn't it doesn't mean anything anymore. like I mean, they don't even talk about really the wild card rule that much anymore because it's just like, yeah. well, we're just gonna have who we need on each show and And the brand split is is essentially meaningless. So whatever they decide to do, like if they want to kill the brand split, I'm fine with that too. But I hope they don't because I think they have a stacked enough roster where you can you can have two distinct rosters and put out two really kick-ass shows. Mm-hmm. But they have to be hard splits because the moment you start to cross that membrane over, then you're not going to take a risk with somebody else that like maybe needs to be elevated that you're not sure about. Like why would we give Heath Slater a push when we can just we can just bring Roman over for another segment or something like mm-hmm. that? You're not going to make anybody. You're just going to keep using the same guys that you already view as an established star. And th- th- then the brand split is just pointless. Then it, de- it devolves into, like you've been talking about, it's Just re- SmackDown is just a repeat of Raw. Uh,
0: I will say for Raw, it's cool seeing the club working together still, even though I was a little bummed to see uh, both of them lose t- to uh, Ricochet because part of me is maybe to kind of um, – for Ricochet to build them up as this new ultimate babyface, Maybe he should be getting beaten up week to week on Ross. But the fact that he – like the club just reformed last week and then, then the following week, uh, Gals and Anderson both lose to Ricochet. Yeah. I mean, Ricochet looks strong already. I mean, it was great AJ cheering him on and stuff, but I think it would have kind of been better for both of them to beat Ricochet to really bring Ricochet down a level as the underdog, even though he's the champion, but just going into extreme rules – you stack the cards against Ricochet, and like, look, he's he's having trouble defeating the club is three on one. It's so unfair. I,
1: I would rather just have had them do a handicap match. Yeah, they just do a handicap match, and have and have the club go over, uh, you know, and you you do the beat down again and everything like that. And yeah, he has to overcome the odds and stuff. I I agree because you just reformed the club. You want them to at least look menacing and stuff like that. Um. Also, you got Rey Mysterio coming back just to get squashed by Bobby Lashley. I felt I felt bad for my guy Ray Ray there. Uh that's a tough spot to be in and sort of a, a head scratcher. Well
0: no, I mean not even acknowledging like Samoa Joe. Like Well, he's moved on. Yeah, I mean Samoa, Yeah, Samoa Joe's moved on, but for for Ray, it's like, you know, maybe he wants some type of revenge or, you know, something payback or try to win the title or, or not title, but he yeah, already lost to Ricochet. But you know what I mean? Just, like, reestablishing that feud. It's like, hey, I've been gone for a while because of this guy. But continuity, you just got to keep moving on. But uh, I'm trying to think what else. Well, um,
1: we, we, the main event. Like, I would have actually hmm. ended the show uh, with Ricochet and the club and everything like that. That's mm-hmm. what I feel like has had the strongest build and the most interest. But we did have Shane McMahon scouring the arena oh. for, for Roman's uh, mystery partner. And he got uh, (laughs) Gary the janitor. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, And so he came out in a mask, which of course sets up, you know, like a new, you know, right as soon as Shane brings out the mask, that's like it's going to be somebody else underneath it. And it was Cedric Alexander. But they made like such a big deal on commentary. It's like, oh my God, Cedric Alexander, he got pinned. He lost. I know. Like it's like they're acting like it's this huge coup for Roman and Cedric Alexander. It's like, Dude got beat.
0: Well, and also, it was just so random because for... I know he's been on and off TV recently, but he's just been one of the guys, the jobbers, following uh, our truth for the 24-7 title. Yes. So all of a sudden, just randomly, he's going to be Roman's partner. Why? He just came out of nowhere. I Hopefully, this is him, like, launching into his own singles push by himself and separating himself from the 24-7 title scene right now. But... Unless I mean, unfortunately, I'm just thinking what might happen is maybe whatever happened to Extreme Rules, then next week Drew beats the crap out of Cedric one on one, and then that's it. And then Cedric's thrown back into 24 seven crew that's running after. Well, I guess be Drake Maverick right now, but but you get what I'm saying? Like I don't want this to be a one time thing for Cedric. I actually want this to set him up into something because he's such a talented guy, former Cruiserweight champion, and he deserves more. I mean, of course, we can say that about so many people who are just not being used. But, yeah, it just felt really random, and hopefully this will lead to them- It just didn't make any sense the way they're selling it on
1: TV. Like, oh, they got them. Like, they showed Shane and Drew. It's like, no, they they still, like, accomplished what they wanted. Like Yeah, they won. Well, they still lost. Like, what? It just it didn't really make a ton of sense uh, to me there. And then we go to SmackDown. Um, you mentioned the Kabuki Warriors getting to face off with the Iconics a little bit. I don't know why, unless I'm mistaken. Are they doing that match at Extreme Rules or no?
0: Well, okay, that's rumor. Okay, so right now, it looks like there's 10 matches so far. There is a rumor that Shinsuke and Finn might get added for the IC title, and then the Kabuki Warriors and the Iconics might get added as well. So that could be 12 matches. Too many. Yeah, way too many. Like I think eight is probably a good number. So they're already way over but yeah the rumors they might be adding two more matches
1: gosh uh well and you mentioned shinsuke nakamura that was a standout uh for me this week on smackdown was shinsuke being you know back in a prominent spot getting a win over finn balor i did like on commentary and and, and promo work talking about you know how you know i like finn saying that shinsuke is desperate to get his career back on track oh and, totally and like because yeah his career has not been on track like they've like sort of squandered him so i enjoyed that i enjoyed that shinsuke got the win uh, I don't know what's next for him. I I think he needs to be in a big money program, mm-hmm. and I don't know what the like what the deal is if they're just waiting for Rusev to come back. Um, I wanted to talk about the Bailey Alexa Bliss thing though. Okay. Nikki Cross. Okay. Uh, and that face off and everything. They're talking about friendships and everything mm-hmm. like that. And even on Raw when Nikki was like, you know, like uh, it's going to be a handicap match, you know, so you better hope you have like a friend in your corner. Sasha Banks Extreme Rules. I mean, I. I,
0: I could be teasing and supposedly like SummerSlam they released some advertisement and in one of the ads, the the photos, it had Sasha Banks in the group photo. So but was that like a, a mistake that they were revealing that Sasha Banks is gonna be involved in SummerSlam? So it, it might make sense for her to come back to this pay per view and then build up into something for her a program in SummerSlam.
1: Sasha Banks extreme rules. Bailey, she either turns on Bailey before the match is over to lead to a DQ and Bailey retaining or turns on Bailey after the match, setting up them at SummerSlam. I'm all yep. for that.
0: And isn't that the same weekend? They've had some uh, big matches down at NXT, uh, takeovers before in Brooklyn when it yeah. was SummerSlam weekend. So uh, it kind of makes sense. Maybe they can uh, 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 rekindle that rivalry, which is something I think you and i talked about because we see a hog. This time last year, or almost a year ago now, Becky Charlotte their whole feud. I think a lot of people thought you could easily done that with Sasha and Bailey first. Yeah. So, but maybe that's what they're doing. It's like okay, it's a year later. Let's let's kind of let's redo that, but this time around with Sasha and Bailey. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if she does make her appearance. She's been very active on social training. Looks like working out. So. I don't get it. I mean, I'm still very confused. This whole how it works with WWE. Maybe like,
1: she was just burnt out and just needed some time away. And, and they're, and gonna they're gonna just bring cool her back with that. It's like, hey, rest I your- mean, they don't encourage it, but I they think they understand it in certain, certain cases. So we'll see what happens there. I, I would be, I, I think she's going to show up at Extreme Rules. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that potential yeah. uh, come about. Uh, Kevin Owens, see a baby face now again?
0: I guess so. <laughs> Which, by the way, like. Is Kevin Owens trying to be the new Stone Cold? I mean, I know he's been doing the Stunner a lot in the last couple months, and bringing that out. And but is Shane trying to be the new Vince McMahon?
1: I think uh, Shane's trying to be who he is, which is the best in the world.
0: Yeah. And try to be a champion like his dad. Yeah,
1: he's good. Well, he's gonna actually have a reign, you know, unlike his dad. You know, a good one. Yes. Um,
0: but I'm just. <laughs> but. Um... I mean, the great opening segment between uh, Kevin Owens and Dahl fighting in the parking lot, I like that stuff. It just shows, like, there's more. The wrestling world is bigger than the inside the arena. I love when they do stuff in the hallways, outside. It just expands their world, and it's a bigger bubble than what it is. I like that stuff, but then even Kevin coming in and grabbing the mic and kind of doing his own version of a, a little bit of a pipe bomb and calling out Shane and name-dropping superstars in the back that we haven't seen in a while. So it's like he's doing checking off all the boxes of what a cool badass babyface would do. He just turned heel. Yeah. like Well, he came back from his injury as a babyface, turned on Kofi in the New Day, been heel ever since, but now he's back to babyface. But remember, has it been like almost two years now when Shane had the rivalry with Kevin Owens, but it was flip-flop. Shane was the babyface, Kevin Owens was the yeah. heel, and then you know Sammy helped him out with Hell in the Cell and all that stuff. So it's just kind of amazing that they're kind of repeating themselves, but just flipping the switch on what each guy's role is.
1: Yeah, I just I you know, I, I liked the se- I liked both Kevin's segments and everything like that. And I, I liked what he had to say. I think he's doing really well on the mic right now. Um But it just it to me it just speaks to a sort of a lack of really firm direction if you're gonna flip flop a guy. Mm-hmm that often, you know, and I just hope whatever they decide, stick with it and let him tell some good stories and everything like that. So that that was strange to me. Uh the one other thing we'll get into about SmackDown before we roll into Extreme Rules, and that is the man who knocks was Cesaro.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: So it's going to be Alistair Black and Cesaro at Extreme Rules, uh pulling hard for Cesaro here because he needs it way more than Alistair Black does. That's
0: why I think when he sat down, I'm like I kind of went out, Cesaro to win here. Like, dude, he just started his singles run because Sheamus has been injured and his uh, longevity is kind of in question right now. So, Cesaro, ever since uh, I guess was the superstar shakeup, if that, if you want to call that, before the wild card rule took place, but he was having some uh, pretty good matches on Raw. But so it's just interesting that they took someone that's already been on TV pretty regularly. Challenge Alistair. I thought maybe they would bring someone else who's been off TV for a while, like uh, maybe a Buddy Murphy or something like that. But it's kind of interesting. For, yeah, I'm I with mean, you. I the, think
1: they're gonna have a fantastic match. Oh,
0: absolutely. That might be one of the matches of the night, if I not know. AJ and Ricochet. But exactly. But I I like Cesaro, and I kind of want to see him do well. And but same time, I have a feeling Alistair's gonna go over just because he's the new guy on from NXT, the call up. So. You want to start establishing your next generation of stars. And for yeah. Alistair, you got to do it now. Cesaro, I hate to say it, he's been there for a while, so he can be no pun intended, enhancement. For the next crew. I, I
1: really hope that this, this is a reset for Cesaro and a push for him and a surprise win over Alistair Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and Alistair will have to go back to the drawing board or something like that. But I mean, it's, it's like they booked themselves into a corner here because Alistair has been doing this whole thing for weeks now about like, you know, like I need some competition, somebody challenge me. So it's like, they can't really book him to lose necessarily. I, I don't know. Well, what do
0: you think about all those promos from Alistair? Didn't miss. Yeah, it's, some were good, some were not so much. He just felt kind of weird to me. I don't know why. It just he had this really cool mystique in NXT, still very much badass, but I mean, a man of few words. But like he let his talking, he would do it in the ring with his wrestling. But now that he's like just sitting, he hasn't been on TV wrestling in a long time, and he's just doing these promos. I don't know. I kind of have like my perception of him is changing. I hate that because. I was such a big fan of him, and we've seen him do some amazing matches in person. Just that big send off in uh, Barclays earlier this year—like, I want to remember him for that.
1: Yeah, well, I think I mean that's you know the, the guy what they a guy does in NXT and what a guy does in the main roster. We have to come to terms with the fact that oftentimes it's very different. Yeah, um, but I do feel like they've sort of booked fans into a corner in this sense because I don't think fans really want either one of these guys to lose. Yeah, they want to see good things for for both of them. So that'll be interesting. So let's get into the Extreme Rules card. Uh, We have the Raw Tag Team Championship on the line. The Revival taking on the Usos. Who you got? What do you think? Uh, I mean, it's. I look at this match and I look at the Usos and it's like, oh man, they were riding high. They were the hottest thing on SmackDown and Raw. They're pranking the Revival for a couple weeks, and it's just they're sort of just lost in the shuffle on Raw.
0: Well, if the Usos win again, it'd be like. Okay, they've they've already won the title so many times. I don't know if if they need it to stay relevant. I think they're such a great tag team on their own. They don't need those titles to keep doing what they're doing. For me, I, I think the revival is gonna probably go over and just hold on to them for a while. And maybe for WWE, they probably want to keep the revival happy and make sure they resign. So I don't know. I just. It's such a toss up because you can see why both sides need it and don't need it. I just have, I think the revival is probably going to retain somehow.
1: Speaking of tag teams, well, I I think it just sort of, it's just more, it's just like, it it doesn't really matter either way. The tag team division doesn't really matter either way uh, right now. And that sucks because those are two very, very talented tag teams. Uh, And speaking of tag teams, it just reminded me why the hell were the Street Profits on Raw again? (laughs) It's so weird. They're
0: like narrators, right? It's- I don't know. I mean, I, I heard Paul Heyman's really big on them. Yeah. But it's like, no, let them do their thing on NXT. Like, stay just down there. It's also the- just a weird spot for them to be. Yeah.
1: It's, it's strange. I love their
0: commentary and it's like their interaction. They're awesome. I, they're so entertaining and I'm so happy to see that this bigger audience is being introduced to them. Maybe it's just a big promo for people to tune into NXT.
1: It's weird. Maybe. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, last man standing match, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. Uh, again, loved the LED board spot from a couple weeks ago. That was really awesome. Uh, I got – I you need to go with Braun here. Uh, I think it's weird that Bobby was on Raw and, like, Braun's, like, selling, like, this injury, like, way more than than Bobby. I'm not a fan of that. I'm a fan of both these guys. I think heel Bobby Lashley is great. Uh but I'm hopeful under the new regime, this new direction, we we get the, the train back a-rolling again with Braun Strowman. So I'm going with braun here. I,
0: mean, I don't know. Part of me is, like, I think Bobby might keep the momentum going. The fact he's been on TV these last couple of weeks. Braun comes back, and maybe if he's legit hurt, they can, like, really write him off. Like, Bobby, he comes back, and Bobby really sticks it to him, and then they can really write off Braun for a while. Part of me is leaning towards Bobby. I think Bobby also needs a big win as well.
1: God, not at the expense of Braun Strowman. I, I mean, what you say makes sense if it was, like, anybody else, but it's Braun Strowman. They need to keep him special, and that's it's unfortunate uh, if, if – God, he should have already been champion by now. We've talked about that a lot. Uh, United States Championship match. We have Ricochet taking on AJ Styles. Uh, again, as you alluded to earlier, this could be the match of the night right here. Um I got Ricochet escaping with the title here. Uh, you know, wh- whether it's he retains via DQ or, or what have you. Uh, but I, I think that that, that Ricochet holds on to it. Or if, if they shoot it over to AJ Styles, then I think they probably have like a ladder match or something at SummerSlam and Ricochet gets it right back and then AJ moves on to other things. Hmm. Um But, you know, I'm very excited for these two to, like, go all out on pay-per-view, though.
0: Totally. I I mean, I could see Ricochet sneaking out a win. Not just, I mean, we know he's babyface, so he's not, like, sneaking away like a heel would. But the fact he's just overcoming the odds of three-on-one, because I'm sure the club, the other two guys are going to be standing outside. So I think he can sneak out a big victory, like I said, overcoming the odds. I think for Ricochet, it just makes sense for him to, to retain here. And just since he's... Since they've been hot potatoing the U.S. title for the last couple of months already, like let's establish him as the long-term reigning champion for a while. Let's, yeah, let's let's kind of reset the button and uh, for what that title means. Because I, I would love to see that U.S. title get some more love and attention again.
1: Uh, Alistair Black and Cesaro, we already talked about. So we have the triple threat tag team match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. We have the Planet's Champions, Daniel Bryan and Rowan, the New Day, and Heavy Machinery. Uh, I'm. I mean, I. I think this is going to be a fun, really good tag mm-hmm. team match. I'm excited for this. Uh, I'm loving the planets champions, so I'm, I'm hoping they hold on to it here. I think. I think they need to keep going with that, and I'm with you. They need. They need the eco friendly tag team titles. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm. Go- I think they need to stay rolling with what's working.
0: I. I love heavy machinery so much. I and it's great that they're getting more TV time, and they've been booked pretty strong as well as yeah. of late. So I'm all for. it. Uh, I think their momentum started when they defeated A.J. Kirsch and Dave Dutra to win the yes. Yolo, YOLO tag <laughs> they're, team They were riding high off that win. <laughs> so, exactly. So I, I really love heavy machinery, but I think it's just not their time yet. It makes more sense for Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan to retain and just keep going because for Daniel Bryan, since he is one of the bigger names on SmackDown, well, it's supposed to be just SmackDown only, but um, for him, it's just keeping that titles around him keeps him, I think, up uh, the na- his name and presence uh, on SmackDown every week. It's worth it then.
1: Uh, Drew Gulak and Tony Neese for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, I mean, I don't see any reason to, to shoot it back over to Tony. Exactly. So, Drew, yeah.
0: Well, it's uh, going to be a busy uh, weekend for him. Drew's going to be on the Evolve show on yeah. Saturday. So, I'm sure for him, they're probably – for doing double duty this weekend. Let's just make sure he holds on to the title as a reward.
1: Another match that figures to not disappoint. This is actually, they have a lot of the extreme rules card. I I'm excited for a good amount of these matches. And I think they're going to deliver some really good stuff in the ring. Uh, Kofi Kingston, defending the WWE championship against Samoa Joe. The build to this has been great. Uh, I I'm excited for this one. I I think, I think it's still Kofi here for right now,
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, but big spot for Joe. Totally. I I want Samoa Joe to do well. And part of me really wants to see Samoa Joe as champion. But I think there's more for Kofi just to kind of strip it away only, what, three months since WrestleMania. I want to see Kofi have a longer reign. But you're right. For Samoa Joe, this is a high spot for him. And who knows? Dolph could maybe get involved somehow as well. I hope not. But he's not listed right now for anything else. So he can easily get involved because he's been mixing it up in that whole scene right now. So, or even, uh, let's see, Kevin Owens, he doesn't have anything listed as well. I mean, so there's, there's so many guys who's been kind of getting involved in Kofi's business over the last month or so, so there's plenty of other people that can potentially just help Kofi sneak out a win over Samoa Joe.
1: No holds barred. Tag team match, The Undertaker and Rome reigns against Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. You know, I, I've liked all The Undertaker's involvement in this, uh, and I'm usually, you know, you know, I'm pretty straight shooter on that. You know, sometimes it's been forced and sometimes it hasn't. I do wish they had done a little bit more between Roman and Taker, sort of, you know, this, like, mutual respect stuff, you know, after their WrestleMania match and everything. They haven't really done that, so I think that's kind of a miss. Uh, you gotta, I mean, the smart money's got to be on Undertaker and Roman here, you know, two, two people that rarely lose on pay-per-view. Uh, I mean, granted, they are taking on the best in the world, And one of my countrymen, Drew McIntyre. So there's that. But (laughs) Sorry, um, it took me a second. What country, man? Scottish. Uh, But, yeah, I'm I'm going with Roman and Taker here. Yeah. Hopefully short and sweet.
0: Well, you know Roman's going to be doing the majority of the match. Undertaker's going to be the one hanging out in the corner and getting in the eventual hot tag. But with that being said, I would love to see what body language Undertaker has hanging out in the corner. Is he really going to be like a cheerleader? egging and amping uh, Roman on, doing whatever he can to kind of get that hot tag. And when he eventually gets in there, you know, he lays it all out. I'm sure he, for his own ego and legacy, he doesn't want people to remember that uh, match with Goldberg. So he probably wants to go out big here. Not go out big, but like have a big match here just to kind of even reset what he's been doing the last couple months, especially get that stank off from uh, Saudi Arabia.
1: Uh, last chance, winner take all, mixed tag team, extreme rules match. Try saying that three times fast. Uh, for both the WWE Universal Championship and the Raw Women's Championship, we have Seth and Becky, the man's man, uh, taking on Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Uh, I mean, I actually, th- <laughs> I actually think as much as I haven't liked the the necessary like the build and everything, like I, this is an intriguing matchup because I do think it really could go either way here.
0: Yes. Well, let me ask you this. Okay. I know it's winner take all, so whoever gets pinned, um the, the winners each get their respective titles for their uh men and women. But uh, if if Barron and Lacey lose, they can no longer get a title shot, but it's only towards Seth Rollins or Becky. Like if Becky or Seth lose it down the road to someone else, then Barron theoretically or Lacey could re enter the title with someone else. Correct. But just for as long as these two have their titles. Correct,
1: and they probably don't even have to hold to that anyway, so yeah. it's just a stipulation. Ah, we skipped over Bailey defending oh. the SmackDown Women's Championship against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross uh, in a handicap match. We talked about this earlier. I figure Sasha Banks is going to get involved, yeah. and Bailey leaves with the championship. Yeah. The Alexa-Nikki thing probably comes to a head as well.
0: I don't know. Part of me, though, is like I, feel I have a feeling this pay-per-view could be a lot of heels going over, though. I don't know why. I just... Because we hadn't the mania with a lot of the, the baby faces. Yeah, it was going a good show. So we're maybe due for like, a lot of heels going over. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think Bailey's probably going to retain because it's, let's be honest, Bailey or Alexa Bliss has had Bailey's number for a while. Yeah. So hopefully they can uh, change that and just let Bailey just keep on winning. Well, Bailey beat her the last one. Yeah, just that once, but yeah. like over the last All couple right. years before that. So.
1: Uh, all right, let's let's quickly break down Fight for the Fallen's card, and then we're gonna talk about Stuber, and then we're gonna get the hell out of here.
0: So wait, is it Seth Rollins or uh, Becky or <laughs> Yeah, a-
1: I mean, I th- I think I th- I think the man. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think. Uh, What's I th- the name I th- of
0: their tag team? The Man's I, Man I, team. I think Becky's
1: gonna like disarm uh, Baron, and I think that's gonna I think okay. that's gonna be it. Cool. Okay. Um. All right, Fight for the Fallen. Also, it's uh it's coming up here July thirteenth. Uh, dude, very excited to see the next offering from All Elite Wrestling. They've knocked it out of the park their last couple of shows, so mm-hmm. they got another big show here. This one coming out of Jacksonville. Uh, let's let's break down quickly the card. Don't okay. need to necessarily pick them. Let's just go over and, any quick thoughts. The Dark Order. Uh, in a in a three way tag team match, taking on and Helico and Jack Evans and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. What I am most looking forward to is once again Jungle Boy coming out on Luchasaurus' shoulders. Uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun match, though.
0: Yeah, and I know uh, um, uh, the Young Bucks recently did an interview, and they saw naturally the charisma or the chemistry between Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and it uh, looks like. Wasn't necessarily planned, but now it looks like they're really going to be a tag team moving Team Savage forward. Land. Yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Just like I said, seeing Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus actually have a match working together. That's something to keep your eye on. And uh, um, uh, finally seeing the Dark Order actually yes. do something in the ring. Yes. So, yeah, overall, that should be a lot of fun, all three involved.
1: Uh, Sunny Kiss versus Peter. Avalon should be a good match. Uh, with Leva Bates in Peter Avalon's corner. The
0: Librarians.
1: Yeah, you know, you're not a fan no, of the Librarians. No, I hope Sonny
0: kicks both their asses.
1: <laughs> All right, we got SCU, uh, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, with Christopher Daniels taking on the Lucha Brothers, uh, Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix. This, In my estimation, this is a get right, get back on track mm-hmm. for the Lucha Brothers because they've lost at uh, both... Their matches in AEW, and they also lost it all in, or at least Pentagon did. So this has got to be a get right for them, in my estimation. In the promotion where wins and losses matter, exactly. this is where they need a win.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm all with you. I think Lucha Brothers have been uh, very professional, letting uh, the other people they helped put over the last couple of pay-per-views. But I think they're due for a big win here. And with SEU, you know those guys are just all stud wrestlers. Yeah, so this is gonna be oh, a man. lot of fun, dude.
1: I'm I'm so excited to see what Scorpio Sky does, you know, mm-hmm. in his future. It is so so bright. He is such an incredible athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love all these guys. That that's to me that could steal the whole damn show right there. We have six man tag match uh, with Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, Joey Janela taking on MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears. Uh, that one figures to probably have some extracurriculars involved, given, given the participants.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, that's like Team Hardcore right there. All three of those guys, that's what they're all known for. Yeah. Versus all three uh, of the biggest heels in the company. So that's a lot of fun. You got... Hardcore guys who are all baby faces in their own way versus what? the the a holes.
1: It's interesting having MJF with Sean Spears, given you know how MJF interacted with Cody following the chair shot and everything like that. Yeah. So that, that is an interesting sort of uh, dynamic. I would I wouldn't be surprised to see some sort of interplay with the other shoe dropping there. Uh, Adam Page versus Kip Sabian should be a fantastic match, mm-hmm. but I think uh, the match that probably you and I are looking forward to the most. Cody and Dustin Rhodes taking on the Young Bucks. I just that's going to be phenomenal.
0: I just want real quick for Adam Page and Kip. Uh, I wonder if Chris Jericho will get involved in that just to set yeah. up for all out. Possible. So I think Adam Page might probably go over just to keep his momentum going for his title match. Might
1: be via DQ or something like that. But I know
0: Jericho will be there. He's not yeah. wrestling, but he'll make an appearance. But I wonder if that's how he'll interject himself. Uh, for Cody and Dustin, yeah, it's definitely it's two different styles. Cody and Dustin. They're very more slower wrestlers in the ring and like to tell their story with like big moves versus young bucks who, you know, big high flyers. So the two different styles uh, contrasting with two
1: storytellers versus, you know, two maybe more spot oriented wrestlers Mm -hmm. and everything like that. The two meet. Perhaps they will tell a phenomenal story with some great high spots. I'm expecting big things from this match.
0: Do you think uh, maybe Cody will have some paint on the kind of match, Dustin?
1: Maybe it's you know possible. I mean? like- yeah, he could do the other half of his face red or something yeah. like that, which okay. would be cool. Uh, we'll we'll see how that one goes and where they sort of tell that storyline with Sean Spears and everything going down. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think you know that's going to be the next big feud for Cody. So expect to see you know something either in that match or in the six man tag. Kenny Omega versus Shima, um, dude. Shima showed out at uh, at, at Fighter Fest. I really loved everything that the OWE guys have brought to the table. Mm-hmm. I think I think this is Kenny all day here, but I'm expecting a phenomenal contest.
0: And I was just thinking, well, this match hopefully it will go over pretty cleanly. I mean, yeah, uh, I would expect so. Moxley he's going to be busy in Japan this weekend, so he won't be there getting involved. So yeah, Kenny I think would win here. Just to, uh uh, for his own sake, because, uh, let's see, wait, he lost uh, double or nothing, but he won the last one. So I think for him, just getting a good singles win again, because he hasn't had one yet technically in AEW. So to get a good, his first singles win, I think it would be a good start here.
1: And then we got Brandy Rhodes taking on Allie. It,
0: <laughs> I know a lot of people were criticizing the last women's match at uh, Fighter Fest or on the pre-show, I should say. So these two definitely, it's a, a, a big opportunity. A little, probably a little, uh, a lot of pressure, I think, for them to go out there and just deliver an entertaining match, especially for the women's division. So I, I know Brandy, she trains as much as she can with Cody and Allie just coming over for Impact. So I think for both of them, it's, uh, I, 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 like I said, no pressure, but I, I know they're going to have to go out there and really help uh, – keep selling the women's division. Yeah, and
1: they're going to be motivated to do so. I, I'm really excited for this. Uh, I, I just, you know, they've, they've been on such a roll. Double or Nothing was such a great show. Mm-hmm. Fighter Fest was a great show. I, I'm looking forward so much to seeing Cody and Dusty, excuse me, Cody and Dustin tag together uh, against the Young Bucks and just, you know, building off, again, you know, the wrestling business moves so quickly and the news cycle moves so quickly that, you know, we have to, like, we don't have really that much time to stop and reflect. yeah. And that match between him and Dustin was so good and was just so enjoyable uh, th- that it's, you know, to sort of build the next chapter of that story is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. And just seeing as, as now they're rolling towards, they're they're building these storylines to have ready-made for TV when they, they launch, you know, Tuesday Night Dynamite or whatever they're going to call it uh, on TNT. And I, I'm excited. I, I just think they've built a hell of a card here. The juxtaposition in terms of the number of matches you know, compared to Extreme Rules. Like, Extreme Rules, they built a good card, but there's a ton of matches. So, it's like, how much time is each match yeah. going to get? This one, like, you see the breakdown of, of all these matches. Like, you can sort of tell which ones are going to get a lot of time and which ones aren't. And they have such great performers that I feel like we're going to have just some just incredible, incredible in-ring work.
0: Well, also, it says here eight matches, but it looks like two of them are going to be on the uh, buy-in. Yeah. So... Theoretically, only six matches. Exactly. So they're going to have plenty of time to breathe.
1: Exactly. And th- and that's I that's why they, they've been able to pace both of their shows so incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And it, nothing's felt like force. They've told great stories in the ring. I prefer that than to getting everybody on the show.
0: Well, also, just keep in mind, hey, this show is streaming for free on the Bleacher Report Live app. So if you want to watch it, download the app on your Roku or whatever, your phone, iPad, computer, And it's cool You can watch it for free So Bleacher Report Live app Get it It's pretty cool I have it now And been uh, playing around with it So it's uh, a great way I think for people to uh, Watch AEW Wherever you're at
1: Yep Fight for the Fall On July 13th We've had Extreme Rules Following that On July 14th But you and I Huey We were at a movie screening This week We saw Drax the Destroyer Big Dave Batista Deacon Batista's Latest film uh, His star turn In the movie Stuber, an action comedy that left a lot to be desired, if I'm being completely honest. I'm a big Batista fan, um, and I really wanted this to be great. I actually thought the trailers all looked awesome. Uh, It stars Dave Batista it's got Betty Gilpin, Karen Gillan, who you know as Nebula. I know her as being from the movie Oculus, a WWE Studios film, by the way, and a horror film, and a damn good one. If you haven't seen it, I believe it's still on Netflix. I loved her in Oculus. I'm a big Karen Gillan fan. Uh, and the guy from Silicon Valley. Uh, oh, That was Nebula? I did not yeah. realize that.
0: I'm, oh, my God. Dude. She had a big role in uh, in Infinity War and Endgame. So.
1: Yeah, and she was even better in Oculus. Uh, but, yeah, uh,
0: I'm not going to butcher uh, Stu's, uh, <laughs> Stu's name here. Oh, it's uh, – I actually was trying to pr- uh, practice earlier. It's, uh, this should be good. <laughs> Kumail Najiani. Nan- Nan- Kumail Naina,
1: Nanjiani. Naina, Naina It's not that Kumail Nanjiani. I'm not going to work here anymore. <laughs> Office space, anyone? Not doing anything for you? Uh, but, yeah, so it's the guy from Silicon Valley and Dave Bautista. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was also in a great movie. Uh, 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 the Big Sick. The Big Sick, yeah. That actually was a great movie. I enjoyed that one a lot.
1: Yeah, so he plays an Uber driver. Dave Bautista plays a LAPD detective who gets LASIK surgery and cannot see. Um, which you know, not exactly the the best glowing commercial for LASIK surgery, uh, but uh, but a great commercial for Uber. I was
0: gonna say, dude, this whole movie was just one big commercial for Uber. Like, I wonder if Lyft is gonna have their own spin-off movie just to get some love on the mainstream movie market.
1: Um, I really wanted to like this movie, uh, and it had some like decent action in it and everything like that, but the comedy fell. Way short. Like they've tried to force everything. I barely laughed during the whole movie.
0: I, I laughed a little bit more than you
1: did. A little bit more, but not much more.
0: Um Yeah. Uh, we both
1: looked at each other at the end of the movie and said that movie sucked.
0: Yeah, it was Admit it. Yeah, it was not the greatest movie. No, no. I could I We left
1: and you said it sucked. I want you to say it. It sucked. Thank you. But you don't have to be a corporate I, shill on this show. You, no. can, you can speak your mind.
0: I will say, this type of movie, like I, I told you, look, let me give you my immediate reaction was I felt this movie was something you would see like on a late Saturday night on TNT back in the 90s. And your immediate reaction was you did not
1: like it. Yeah. Okay. I just want to clear that up before you try and put your Huey <laughs> spin on it, like that somehow this was good. Hey, I'm Huey a corporate did, guy. Huey, Huey did not like it. It was bad, and it was not funny, and I wanted to love it.
0: But I just I felt like there was a lot of forced, dro- forced jokes from uh, Stu's character. Yes. Um, some of them didn't hit. Some of them were okay. Some were pretty funny, I thought. But uh, to his credit, his body language and how he kind of presents himself, I think covered up some of the jokes, even though they weren't the best deliver or the best uh, uh, intent. But I think his personality or the way, like you said, his body language, it was definitely it's its one of those movies where you got like the big, tough guy and like the really yeah. uh, small
1: effeminate uh, dude.
0: Yes. Uh, uh, lack of confidence guy. And they both kind of the yin and yanging of each other. And they're helping each other out in the end during this whole process of the course of 24 hours. So they really help each other out. The, the
1: positives, I will say, and we talked about this leaving the theater this week, uh it was not Dave's fault. Dave has—he was great. Dave has incredible star power. I, I could totally see him being an action star leading man. He was really good. Like he has a commanding uh, scene presence. I, I enjoyed him thoroughly. I wish it was better written. I knew, unfortunately. Like, right from the first scene with Karen Gillan's lines, I was like, oh, no, this is a poorly written movie. Like, when she, like, immediately, like, references anal and, like, it's just, like, such, like, awkward forced, like, humor there. I was
0: like, oh, no. Well, the movie does start pretty intense, which... It was amazing how like much. like
1: a rush hour open
0: almost. How much action it was, but like how much blood and, and, yeah. and violence is in there. So if you're kind of a fan of that stuff, you're going to really dig this. But um, I was going to say. With, no, with, they
1: won't. With, <laughs>
0: with, with, with Batista, though, it's um, uh, you and I were talking. It's like, I hope this is really a launching point. I mean, I'm sure he has he's already been established with Guardians, but. Like hopefully this could lead to more big action movies, kind of like you look at The Rock early on in his career, how he was doing like Walking Tall and some of these like a uh, little more smaller budget action movies, which then launched him into doing more and more bigger stuff. So for Batista right now, this is kind of an exciting time because remember we grew up in the the eighties and the nineties where we had a lot of these action stars: Arnold Schwarzenegger, Stallone, John Claude Van Damme, the list. Segal. Exactly, Seagal. Right now, we got kind. Of, we got The Rock, Jason Statham, John Cena's kind of doing more stuff now. Hopefully, Batista is now in that conversation of like big, big dudes doing action movies all the time.
1: I, I thought he was really delightful. Yes, yeah. like I, I see a lot in him. I and he was he was really good as Drax. Uh, he he's acquitted himself well. Uh, in, in you know in movies, uh, it's just a shame that because I think as a premise, this movie could have been good. You know, it's like a decent sort of buddy cop style idea, yeah. but it just the execution was so piss poor.
0: But uh, definitely and some stew was awful. Some of the stuff was pretty predictable. I will say yes. that like as we were getting, it's only an hour and a half long, but I will say this real quick. Like this movie watching it, like you said, reminded me of like those 90s action movies that we see like on on, on cable, TNT, TBS, all that stuff. So, like, I can imagine this movie once eventually comes on cable, you can easily just watch it whenever it's on TV. It should be on the background. I wouldn't
1: recommend it. And that was the whole thing that Huey and I both agreed that we would not recommend this movie. We, in fact, disliked this movie pretty vehemently. (laughs) We did not like it. Uh, And we love Dave Bautista. And I love Silicon Valley. And Karen
0: Gillan. But this movie sucked. I used to love Mira Silvino in the 90s. Well, it ain't the 90s anymore. It was just great to see her get this... Stuff, uh, but a lot of these characters, like it was very, uh, pre- like I said, predictable what their roles are and w- how certain things played out by the end. So that was kind of one thing too. It was, it was just like, oh yeah, these two are talking. It's gonna lead to this. So it kind of made sense. I mean, like it was kind of obvious where they were going. But like I said, for Batista, if anything, it's just another movie on his resume that maybe it will lead him to bigger and better projects.
1: They they need yeah, I hope so. Yeah, well, we'll leave it there. We've already like I think our podcast or this episode's already longer than uh, than, than Stuber the itself. Oh, it's all so, was,
0: we're in the third act right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly.
1: So I'm I'm gonna. I
0: will say, oh, the fight choreography was pretty good, and like I mean, that's maybe one advantage Batista has with his wrestling background. I wonder how much input he got to do some of the the moves involved. But with that being said, I think for him with comes to action movies since he's already done it for so many years in wrestling. I think this could be. A great stepping stone for him to do more of that stuff.
1: Yeah, I agree. And we are hoping for bigger and better, much better things. Like good things for Dave Batista. Give me what I want, Dave, which is a great movie and a fantastic acting career for yourself.
0: What's Gamora? Is it what's Gamora? Is that right? Why is Gamora? Why is Gamora? (laughs) God
1: damn it, Baby Huey. That's going to do it for us this week. For Baby Huey, I'm Bimbo Jimbo. And remember, if you're not in the click, see ya. I wouldn't want to be you.